Laramie, Wyoming. The gem of the plains. Yes, no, really, it is the gem <laughs> of the plains. Home of the University of Wyoming's Cowboys, the Fighting Pokes. on the Austin organ. Well, what do you know? From the University of Wyoming Arts and Sciences Auditorium in Laramie, Wyoming, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulin on piano, Jeff Hammond on bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, armchair historian Larry Brown and special musical guest Maggie Simpson. Support for What Do You Know comes from PRI affiliate stations and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support is also provided by the Boca Foods Company, makers of lower-fat meatless products. Boca burgers, dinner sausages, chicken patties and nuggets, and breakfast patties and links are available in the frozen section of grocery and natural food stores nationwide. Boca, the taste will change you. On the web at bocafoods.com. Now, ragtime cowboy Mike, Michael Feldman. Thank you for observing the sign. I appreciate it. <laughs> nice to be here in the Arts and Sciences Auditorium. Next year, we hope to play the Geology Museum. You know, and then we're going <laughs> to... Then the Polk Sculler. That's true. After that. Wyoming, beautiful Wyoming, the wide open spaces, makes Montana look claustrophobic by comparison. <laughs> Where recluses go when they want to get away. That's Montana. I mean, that's Wyoming. <laughs> that's where they come from. Get five people together in Wyoming, you're entitled to one square mile. That's the beauty of it. Of course, you don't own the middle, mineral rights underneath it. That's, ex that's extra. But. Where a guy can still uh, get himself a few acres, advertise for a wife and an ATV, drill down to 25,000 feet and hope for the best. And if it gets salt water, there's always taffy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the minerals and gas, I mean, this state is really in a boom, actually. Uh, a tremendous amount of, of, of uh, wealth generated in Wyoming, but nobody seems to have it. <laughs> it I, no, they said uh, billions of dollars are generated annually in the gas and mineral. They got this thing with these uh, mining methane, they call it. And, uh, but no one has any money. I can't figure it out. Everyone says they're just getting by. I could get by in a billion dollars, personally. You know, I, nobody wants to flaunt it, I think, you know, in Wyoming. That's, they must have the money. Someone's got the money, but uh, it's a lot of dough to stash in the cellar, you know, really, a billion dollars. 
So I say spend it, people. If you got it, spend it. Now, some of you must have this money, and so spend it on something more than a 150 Super Cab. Okay? More than a Polaris Scrambler 500 limited edition with sand paddle tires. Live a little. And beautiful Laramie, our host. Our host city. Where the hole-in-the-wall gang are the Democrats, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they have actual living Democrats here. I paid a dollar at the fair to see one. <laughs> and it was worth it. They've been hiding out here for 40 years waiting for LBJ to come back, a lot of them. I don't think it's going to happen, personally. You know, they let the city manager go in Laramie, you know, the second one again, you know, but... Uh, and they said it was without cause, but it was because she voted for McGovern in 72, I happen to know. <laughs> you know, there are blue states and red states, but only one that glows bright red. And that's Wyoming. Dick Cheney's considered a little liberal for many tastes out here. Although they're very fond of Lynn. <laughs> well, once a Mustang queen, always a Mustang queen, is what it comes down to. We have other Mustang queens, obviously, in the audience there. Uh, Wyoming has no state income tax, and uh, they still want it deducted from their federal taxes. That's one thing I can't figure out. <laughs> That's chutzpah of the West for you. Laramie, home of the University of Wyoming. Or is it the other way around? Usually in university towns, there's a town, you know, but this is all university here. And that's no, there is a town, and a very nice town, but you know what I mean. A town is gown here, really. It's just, it's a, kind of, it is the town. That's why you go to the University of Wyoming, you park in Laramie. You know? <laughs> or not at all. I don't see, how, where did you people park, by the way? Just took the shuttle, probably, huh? Okay. Uh, from Thai Siding all the way, really? That's quite a shuttle. <laughs> University of Wyoming, incredibly successful at fundraising as well. You know, speaking about some of this from the energy money and so forth, and they're tapping a lot of the, the big energy money. Uh, that's why the president is digging up a Prexy's pasture uh, over here. <laughs> uh, he's he's going to sink some wells. All right. There, the, the effort to get Prexy's pasture put on the uh, historic register of parking lots actually failed. That's unfortunate. The university is not only using the money to, to raid prestigious faculty from around the country, uh, they've bought the touchdown Jesus from Notre Dame. Uh, they paid cash for Coach K, and he's going to be here. And, uh, and they're moving Harvard Yard here brick by brick. So that shows you what you can do. And also, they're going to buy Dick Cheney's records back from Yale and expunge some of those grades, you know. Maybe they get GWs while they're at it, actually. Wyoming, where if cattle do outnumber people three to one, uh, it's just because they're encouraged to breed. Out <laughs> a mileage out of that, sure. And there still are cowboys out here, although most cattle drives now are on I-80, and uh, you see them behind the wheel, actually, in some, some of these larger vehicles, on the uh, Snow Chi Minh Trail, as they call it. And surprisingly, there's surprising diversity in the area. You wouldn't think so at first, but uh, there are 400 Jews in Wyoming. <laughs> Just to give you an example. Although they're mostly up in Jackson Hole and then only in season, but... <laughs> what is the season on Jews, Runner? I don't know. Are we in season now? Right I don't now? think so. Oh, okay. 
Of course, the Laramie Jubilee brings in a few, but it's really a misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, uh, and you know, really, the, the kosher cattle business is the booming market, actually, so circuit-riding rabbis can really name their price these days on the plains. In the future, more and more mamas may let their babies grow up to be Jew boys, is all I can say. <laughs> Anyway, there's only 300 in South Dakota, so you guys must be doing something right. In the news, Wyoming is expecting a $1.2 billion budget surplus vows not to spend a dime of it. Sure you're not Jewish. My people, I feel you are my people. Wyoming is using the largest per capita homeland security funds uh, to buy plastic protectors for state troopers' hats. Uh, the rest, they're socking away, of course. A special session of the legislature has been called on medical malpractice to consider a return to the traditional practice of letting doctors bury their mistakes. If this passes, uh, if this passes you'll only be able to sue if you can prove the limb removed really was the good one. Other state laws just passed a new state law imposes a $1,000 fine and up to nine months in jail for truckers throwing urine bottles out the window. <laughs> oh, you've all been struck by flying trucker urine, apparently, and even though they may not have a pot to pee in, really, that's kind of... Uh, Laramie, after firing the second city manager in a row without cause, decides to make the mayor work. You know, if you can't keep a city manager, why not make the mayor do it? You know, that's a, instead of being ceremonial. Um, Laramie International Airport told it must fly beyond Denver or change its name. <laughs> Local residents oppose automated garbage pickup because you can't run after a robot with a bag of trash you forgot to put out and convince them to take it. Since Wyoming beat both BYU and CSU in the same season, I say BYU and CSU in the same season. I say, oh, never mind. Games in War Memorial Stadium this fall will be played without goalposts. They use them both. Albany County, which we're in, of course, right now, has the highest percentage of Rhodes Scholars anywhere. I don't know if you know that. Of course, it's County Rhodes. <laughs> but still. And finally, statistics show that a median Albany County resident, 26.7 years old, ages 14 and a half years simply by entering Laramie County, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and that's a fact. And that's all the Wyoming news. That isn't. <laughs> Folks all know he's a high I'm, I'm sorry. That's a catchy tune, though, isn't it? But I understand there are words that we can't use. Well, it's the same thing in Wisconsin. They have these marching band tunes. And I saw a guy brought me the marching band unofficial lyric book. <laughs> and it was really good. He wanted it back, unfortunately. I was getting a real kick out of it. 
Now, here's a man who actually knows uh, some of the history here, a lot of the history here in the area, and Casper in this area, in the entire state, as a matter of fact. I used to write for the Casper newspaper. Would you welcome, please, the author of Coyotes and Canaries, Larry K. Brown. Larry K. Have a seat if you would. Where's the books? I got your books right here. I got them in my bag. I'm going to get them out. And the other one here I didn't mention, which uh, for a reason, <laughs> the hog ranches of Wyoming. Liquor, lust, and lies under sagebrush skies. That's for another time. Back of the Ramada, we're going to go through this later, actually. And were there a lot of uh, hog ranches in this area? Actually, there were back. Uh, they were kind of a phenomenon during the old Indian War period. Yeah. And uh, they popped up near uh, military posts and along the major stage routes. Which you could understand. Yes, indeed. Because a guy gets out of a stage, he's been bouncing around all that time. <laughs> That's a, uh, these are not hogs, we should mention, for some people who are wondering what the... No, they, uh, we had to add the uh, subtitle on, yeah. that, uh, on the hog ranches of Wyoming for fear it would wind up on the agricultural list. So. <laughs> well, I thought that was good. I don't, I don't know what else did. I don't. But the coyotes and canaries now, where does that title come from? Uh, I... I took that from a character in the uh, book, uh, the first woman doctor in Wyoming, uh, Dr. Lillian Heath. Uh, I found in her personal files while I was doing the research for the story, a small piece of paper in which she'd written her favorite things. And it had her favorite opera, her favorite singer, and buried down in the list was her favorite musicians, Coyotes and Canaries. Ah, okay. And so that's, that's the title. And, and, and your way of thinking that also denotes a couple of classes of subjects. Yeah, I thought state. it made great, uh, they were great metaphors for some of the characters in the, in the book. Um, and I try and, and write some of the good things about the bad people and the bad about the good people. Yeah. Now, Laramie was a pretty rough town. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. It, uh, fascinating city. How rough was it? <laughs> we'll have to ask the folks here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the 18, up to about, what, 1860-something? Well, When did they I, hang all those guys and sort of quiet things down? Actually, uh, Laramie's been, uh, been a fairly lively town right up until contemporary years. Really? Uh, one of the, uh, if you want to go back earlier, as a yeah. matter of fact... Uh, I want an address is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, one of the... Uh, only seven men who were convicted of murder in the old territorial days had murdered his brother-in-law down on Front Street. Oh. And uh, so that was one of the early distinctions of the city. Right. It was a Union Pacific town exactly. originally set up here for the yes. railroad. And so it, uh, was it kind of the end of the, end of the line for a certain time? Or? Only uh, long enough for the uh, railroad workers to extend the track west. Yeah, they went west from here. So. For a while, it was a st <laughs> the stagecoach left from here and it went up to it went to, to Denver or something didn't from here. Or? Well, uh, yes, but uh, the railroad when they were pushing west, yeah. it was kind of they called it hell on wheels. Yeah. It was the end of the track at right. the particular time. They came through Cheyenne and then Laramie and moved on pressed west. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I was, read, I was doing some reading of my own on the, on the web and some of this, and I came across the same thing that's in your book about uh, uh, Ellen Watson, Watson uh, Cattle Kate, Cattle that Kate. story. Yes, indeed. That is a, a heart-wrenching story. It, it is. Uh, I became interested, uh, seriously interested in the, in the story when I 
uh, spent a lot of time over in the museum in, in Cheyenne. Yeah. And I found these wonderful pair of moccasins, fairly large sized moccasins, and uh, I discovered as I got into the story that uh, she was wearing those at the time that she was uh, lynched with her, her uh, lover, Jim Averill. Averill, yeah. yeah. And it was, entirely, it was a trumped up thing. It was the cattle guys that accused her of uh, rustling cattle, which was a, a big to-do in those days. Obviously. Right. She, uh, she made the mistake of being an uppity woman in a time when uh, they were not in favor. And uh, she... She uh, and Jim had uh, settled on separate homesteads, and it just happened to be that they had very uh, rich in water rights and uh, something that the uh, bigger ranchers coveted. And so that was their biggest mistake, I, yeah. I suspect. And wasn't he a newspaperman? Didn't he write articles about the, some cattle, some swindle or something that went on? And so they had his, his number as well. Well, the, the uh, newspaper and the uh, Wyoming Cattlemen's Association Indeed, shared some interests and um, made sure that the story stuck. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, that was quite, it's an amazing story, actually. I, I recommend reading that and reading more on it, too. And the, um, now this guy, Tom Horn, is, is another character. He's, he's almost, he's one of these guys who's either a villain or a hero, depending how you look at it. So a lot of people looked up to him then and, and probably still do. Uh, Tom Horn has interested me for years. Since I was a little boy, I remember. Uh, he was my great-great-uncle's chief of scouts in 1886. Really? Uh, my uncle led an expedition into Mexico to bring Geronimo back. Is that true? And um, Tom Horn was his, his chief of scouts on that particular expedition. And uh, my uncle, who was a Captain Emmett Crawford with 3rd uh, Cavalry, uh, got his brains blown out, literally, and uh, lived five days in a travois before he died. Horn was wounded. Uh, they they'd um, chased Geronimo to ground, and he had agreed to surrender, but the following morning when he was supposed to turn himself in, a band of Mexican irregular forces deep into Mexico attacked the camp and, and killed Crawford and wounded Horn. Yeah, so. and then did he work for the, for the cattlemen or work for the railroad? Or what? Uh, uh, Tom, uh, Tom was uh, a combination good guy and bad guy. Right. He uh, uh, came, uh, after uh, he left the military and uh, he'd been in the Philippines serving there, he came up to Wyoming and was what they euphemistically call a, a cattle detective. Cattle detective. Um, and his job as much as anything was to put the fear into potential, real and potential rustlers uh, so that they left the, uh, the cattle interests alone. Yeah. And when he was accused of shooting a boy, a young boy. Yeah, Willie Nichols, uh, a friend of mine, Chip Carlson, has written extensively on this. And uh, uh, so we visited the site uh, many times. And it's kind of an annual pilgrimage, if you will, to see where the incident took place. Yeah. And he denied it, but the, they did, he hanged in the end, didn't he? Yes, indeed. They uh, executed him over there in Cheyenne. And... Uh, he was the fourth man to be legally, exe legally executed after statehood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> up until that time, we had... Uh, Informal um, hanging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ad hoc. Exactly. Yeah. But an interesting character. He was a man uh, who lived beyond his, his time, really. Yeah. Uh, for, for a while, I read something, too. Didn't, didn't uh, Wyoming have a no-fault hanging... 
where you could actually hang, you're allowed to hang yourself, and, and yeah, so like nobody actually executed you, you just stepped off a, a barrel or something. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a peculiar situation. Uh, uh, when, the first, uh, when the first person was executed uh, after statehood, he was a, uh, a boy, really. He was 17 at the time he was executed, Charlie Miller. And the uh, sheriff went down to Canyon City in Colorado at the penitentiary, and uh, an inmate down there had devised a, a no-fault hanging device. And they called it the Julian's Gallow. It really wasn't a gallows. It was a Rube Goldberg type of uh, mechanized uh, self-hanging device that um, the condemned person would step on the trap door, his weight would depress it, pull a cord, it in turn would pop a cork, out, a, a plug out of a bucket of water, and the water would drain out. Oh, when it was, <laughs> when it was heavier than the counterweight, the counterweight would drop and pull the uh, support pole out from underneath the trap, and no. thus he'd hang. Probably considered humane at that time. That's a... <laughs> and not to dwell on this kind of thing, which I don't mean to, but now this big nose guy. Big Nose George. Big Nose George. Yes, indeed. That's a fascinating story. Uh, yes, for more reasons than one, actually. He had this wonderful proboscis, you know, that would do honor to most anyone. Well, I don't uh, know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, big, all right. Yes, But indeed. I've seen bigger. Uh, big Nose George was... Uh, uh, actually, they hanged him four times before it finally worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> The interesting thing about Big Nose George, going back to Dr. Lillian Heath, uh, Dr. Heath uh, was given his skull after oh, Big Nose yeah. George was executed, and uh, she used it as a pin bowl and, and doorstop, and, yeah. and uh, it was quite a character. Yeah. And it's still around somewhere. But his was he a, 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 was he a railroad uh, guy, or was he a... Oh, what, what did he do, rob trains? Or? Yeah, Big Nose George yeah. in, uh, was part of a gang that uh, uh, had tried to rob a train over near Medicine Bow, the famous uh, site of the Warren Wist uh, of the Worcester book, Owen Worcester book, uh, the Virginian. Right. And uh, anyway, uh, he uh, subsequently was part of the gang that murdered uh, two detective, uh, deputy sheriffs. Uh, Widowfield and uh, Tip Vincent, and um, anyway, it took months before they caught him in Montana. They brought him back, and and uh, on the train, uh, vigilantes hauled him off and encouraged him to uh, confess by hauling him up with a rope over a, a telephone pole. Yeah, that'll do it. But that one didn't work, right? First that didn't work. No. So they they uh, took him to jail. They tried him, and uh, then he tried to escape, and. Uh, uh, in the process of trying to escape, they uh, lynched him again. The rope broke, and uh, so they grabbed another noose, and that time they succeeded. That was the third time. Uh, the following morning, the doctor came and uh, uh, had them lower him and satisfied that he was dead, and so the, uh, the folks pulled him back up on the pole again. So that was they the fourth did. time. Because some missed it the third time. Yes. Yeah. But wasn't that was going a little far, wasn't it? When they actually made shoes out of his hide. I mean, that, isn't that adding insult to injury? At yes, that point? the uh, good Dr. Osborne. Uh, he didn't like this guy. <laughs> well, he he had a penchant for fine leather. I guess that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he made a pair of uh, ox, or he had a pair of uh, 
very interesting Oxford shoes made, and he allegedly wore them to balls in Washington as a U.S. representative. And, <laughs> and um, uh, if you're ever... They say in, Alan K. Simpson does much the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not true. I just heard that. I, I just... <laughs> But the shoes are very interesting. You can see them in the museum there in, in yeah. uh, Rawlins. They got the, and then they found his bones at it, and they just, they tossed him. They buried him somewhere, right? Yeah, after the good doctor got done with Big Nose George, he uh, put the bones in a whiskey barrel, and they were discovered years later when they were uh, preparing a foundation for a new building there in Rawlins. Yeah. And Dr. Lillian Heath was able to verify that, in fact, it was Big Nose George because she got her doorstop and put it atop the... <laughs> It fit perfectly. Yeah. It's the healing arts, they call it. And now they're worried about malpractice. Isn't that something? The book is, and we should mention, these are just a couple of the more extraordinary kind of negatives. They're negative stories. They're true. They make interesting history, and they are true. But there's also a lot of heroes in, in your book yes, as well. Yes, uh, who's, who's one of your favorite? Uh, well, a, a local lady, as a matter of, a matter of fact, uh, uh, my mind's gone absolutely blank. She yeah. was the uh, first, uh, she was uh, on the, uh, the board here at the university. Um, Want the book here? Uh, <laughs> I leafed through there. Do you remember what chapter I'm so, it was? I'm so ashamed. She was the, uh, she, uh, was the first librarian here. Luella Polk? No, no, Luella Polk uh, Oh, lost she lost her nose. Her nose. <laughs> that's, another, that's another bad one. You don't want to hear that one. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I'm really ashamed. This is one of the, my favorite. Martha uh, Wellness? No? No. Uh, Grace Raymond Ebert. Yes, okay. indeed. She okay. was... Uh, thank you. Yes. I'm not sure that uh, Grace would have, uh, would have found me particularly interesting, but uh, she's one of the most fascinating ladies in Wyoming's history, as far as I'm concerned. She was a, she was a scholar. She was an author. She was uh, one of the, uh, the, the three who drafted the Women's Suffrage Amendment. Is that um, her statue they have? Yeah. Um, She's a new statue on the... She was also, for those who are, may not be familiar, she was the first woman's golf champion in Wyoming. Is that right? Uh, she was the uh, first woman to be, uh, um, to be admitted to the bar in Wyoming. Uh, to the... To the, <laughs> the as, a as a lawyer. As a lawyer, yeah. yeah. But even the other way would have been a breakthrough. Exactly. Yes. She was the first uh, lawyer to lead uh, uh, new citizens before the court for their citizenship. She's really an amazing lady. Yeah. And Wyoming was the first state, really, to, to give women uh, the right to vote. Yes, indeed. To enfranchise them. Right. And then the governor at that time, they tried to, the legislature tried to take it away, right? They tried to, to vote it down again, and they, he vetoed that. Yeah, this was Governor Campbell, who, yeah. uh, again, he was responsible for shooting down the, the attempts to try and have it removed yeah. from, yes, indeed. So he's another one, very positive. It's called uh, Coyotes and Canaries, and more importantly, he's Larry K. Brown. Check him out. Read the books, Fascinating History of Wyoming, and thank you very much for joining us here. Larry K. Brown. Don't forget the hog ranches of Wyoming. I'm reading the hog ranches right now. Okay. Hey, John. Hey. 
How you doing? Good. How are you Good. doing? Good. We got our, our trio here on the road with us. We're happy uh -huh. to say Clyde Stubblefield is joining us on the drums here tonight. You know the funky drummer, don't you? And our funky bass player, of course, Jeff Hammond. And what you got here? You got something? Uh, would you work up something special for the occasion, John? Yeah. <laughs> A man of one word. It's I like that. It's always special. Yeah. It's always special. And uh, I guess we'll just listen. We'll and just listen. Okay. okay. Well, no, I'll, yeah, I'll listen to it, but I'll play too. Okay.
Thank you. At MyPets.com, you're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. I'm going. Where are the steps? Do I have to jump? There it is. I got him. Very nice tune. That's the What Do You Know trio. They'll be back later in the show. I've got to be careful not to trip here. How are you? Pretty good? It's dark in here. I can't see nothing. Are you there? Okay, just make noise and I'll know you're there. We got, uh, uh, I can't read these cards, it's too dark. And these are my bifocals, it gets worse and worse. I need trifocals, or maybe quadfocals, is that possible? Here, uh, oh, and a Mick uh, Zandini, Zandy, is that right? Apparently not. <laughs> is Michael Feldman your real name? Would I make up something like that? Yes, it's my real name. Is Mick Zandini your real name? Oh, there he is. I can't get to you from here, I don't think. Uh, but nice to see you. All right, well, let's try this then. How are you, by the way? I'm very good, thank yes. you. Sitting on the aisle here, uh, and you are? Nat Keys. Nat? Yes, short for Nathalie. Nathalie? Uh-huh. Well, isn't that interesting? Uh -huh. That's nice. You want to stand up, uh, Nat, so everyone can see you? And... Here's Nat. Where, that's it now. Stay up, stay up, Nat, because I'm not done with you yet. Here, here's the audience. All right, what do you do here, Nat? Nath? I actually teach in Colorado. Oh, you do? Oh, sit down, Nat. <laughs> Where do you teach? Colorado State. The one Colorado State. I can pick them. Can I pick them, really? You know, it's just everywhere I go, I pick the arch enemy. I have, a, I have a degree from here. Yay! I guess that would make you a Benedict Arnold then, wouldn't it? <laughs> what do you teach? Counseling. Counseling. We need more people teaching counselors, I think. Because, you know, counselors aren't working, really. You know, especially job counselors. They are not working. I always thought that was somewhat ironic. You know, you'd be counseled by a person who himself was not working. Uh, all right, let's try uh, Greg Ryan then. He's a dancer and a radio entrepreneur. A dancer? Yes, yeah, says dancer. Oh, rancher. <laughs> it's dark in here, man. I'm sure you're a dancer. Can I get, come up here, will you? <laughs> Is that a bad thing to say to a rancher? I don't That's know. It's a terrible thing to say. You ever try anything like that? Any creative dancing, ballet, or? Modern dance, you don't have to wear the shoes or anything. Thank goodness. No. no. Are you good on, on a dance floor? Are you I'm terrible. You are? Yeah. Is, have you ever tried lessons? No. Okay. Are you, are you married? No, I'm not. Well, see, that could make a difference. So if you could find your way around a dance floor, women really like a guy who can dance. Okay, good tip. Okay. So I, I was a misunderstanding. What, what, uh, so you got, where's your ranch? In Saratoga, Wyoming. Okay. And where, and where does the radio entrepreneur come in? Well, we have radio sites, and we, we have your transmitters in them. On your ranch? No, we have one out in uh, Rock Springs and one in Rollins. Oh, really? Do you get stray voltage from that? And by any chance? Uh, an awful lot, yes. But what sort of cattle do you ranch? Um, actually, we have uh, cow, um, cows and calves and commercial cattle. I know, but what breed are they? I'm well, not a fool. Just talk to me. Well, they're Angus. They're I Angus. just look like one. 
What? They're Angus and they're Herefords. Oh, very good. That's, that's very nice then. I want to ask you how many because that's like asking how much you have in the bank, right? Exactly. How much do you have in the bank? I can't tell you. Because <laughs> if you have a few bucks and you could dance, I'm telling you something, you could have a lot of the women here tonight. Okay. Because yeah, you're a handsome guy and everything, Greg, and uh, you really should. Now, did, what, did you have a question for me? Well, yeah, I was just wondering what you're going to say to a Wyoming rancher. Kosher beef. Okay, fair enough. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. What's the big deal? You get a rabbi from Denver to come in. Uh, he does a little voodoo, you know, wah, 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 over the cattle, and then you sell it for tremendous prices. Fair enough. Okay. Think about it. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Nice to meet you. He's a dancer and a radio entrepreneur and a rancher. Uh, Glenn McLellan is here from the Laramie area. Which part of the area are you from, Glenn? You don't, don't want to nail it down? Can I go through there? I'm not going to walk along the edge of this pit here to get, okay, oh, okay, I can't, okay, good, thank you very much. This is where the world ends here in the arts and sciences building. Hi. Hi. Um, good to see you. Good. Well, turn around here because people are seeing not necessarily right. your worst side. But <laughs> My best side. Uh, what do you do in life? I'm more or less a student. Uh, have uh, of, of what? Uh, computer science. Okay. And you say the uh, Laramie area, what would that entail? That's, I live about 12 miles out of town. Uh, and where would that be? Uh, halfway to Colorado, basically. Okay. <laughs> they don't name such areas around here? You just say... Uh, nope, just... it's out on the prairie. Okay, so there's no particular... That's, that's kind of interesting. And are you, were you born out there on the prairie, or where were you? No, I... Um, my mother was born here, but uh, I've only lived here about five years oh, now. Where were you before here? Um, mostly in Utah. I was nowhere in particular in Utah, though, right? <laughs> Ogden, Salt Lake. Were you in computers at that time, or? Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, you've always been. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and your question for me, Glenn? Oh, uh, are you ready to cowboy up? <laughs> I think I am. Let's. That's another one of those uh, great phrases that the tourist board has come yeah. up with. Uh, Cowboy, what do I have to do? You're going to have to ask the tourist board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to do it, Glenn. I think with your help and a little coaching from my rancher friend I just made over here, I could cowboy up in a minute is what I think. <laughs> but the next time you see me, I will be cowboyed up. Okay. Okay? Goodness. Thanks very much, Glenn. Good to see you here. Thanks for being here. We got... Uh, Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. You want to say hello for a minute? Hello. Okay, that's all you want to say? Well, no. Do you want to, do you want to care to stand up a little bit? You don't, do you mind? I don't mean to no, don't embarrass you. You weren't in the fetal position, though, so no. I thought I could. Absolutely not. Yeah, and you are? Christy Armijo. Christy, how are you? Where are you from? I'm from Casper now. I was born and raised in Highland. Where's Highland? 60 miles west of Casper, population three. But they named it. You know, at least they took the trouble to name it. Absolutely. Yeah. Were the Highlands living there at the time? Is that? <laughs> no, it was the highest place on the Burlington Railroad. Oh, Highland. Mm-hmm. They got me on that one. But spelled H-I-L-A-N-D. Of course. Mm -hmm. Really, because they, they were very liberal with spelling in those days. Absolutely. <laughs> Shorter the better. Yeah. And what do you do these days? I'm retired. I was a teacher in a rural school in Powder River. Oh, you were. Excellent. Mm -hmm. 
Big school, big consolidated, large school? Or? Well, no, I was the only teacher. I had six students, it's grades six. K through six. Did you have one in each grade or did they double up in well, some grades? Or? Some grades, yeah. some years it was nice. I only had three grade levels to teach. Yeah, oh, so mm -hmm. that worked out pretty good. It makes better lesson planning, yes. Yeah, <clears throat> and then the kids all chip in probably and help with each other in terms of Oh, studying. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Excellent, now who took over your job there? Oh, a lady that came out, and yeah. I'm not so sure she thinks she did the right thing. Oh. <laughs> she has those six children for life now. That's what she's worried about. You got to take them Absolutely. through middle school and then high school. and then. Well, college. it only goes through sixth grade, and then they have to go to the big city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are you enjoying your retirement? Very much. Like, what, what are you doing, for instance? Absolutely nothing. All right. <laughs> Got a four-wheeler, you take it out once in a while? Oh, no, no, no. Do a little fishing? Or? No, I don't fish, I just read. You just read? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I go fishing with my husband, and, and I read, and he fishes. Well, that's the way to do it, because mm -hmm. then you're not, you, know, you don't bother him, he doesn't bother you. And I don't have to clean him. <laughs> Does he, is he catch and release? Absolutely, when he catches him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ernest. Nice to meet you, dear. Pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here with you. In beautiful Larry, Wyoming, ladies and gentlemen, we're here in the audience and I'm looking right now for the individual who has the four disclaimers because we have to find out, okay, who can and cannot. See if you can get to me and I'll see if I can get to you. Participate in the What Do You Know quiz. I'll go this way. Anyone, of course, can play the quiz with certain exceptions to find out who those are. I'm this way, dear, if you would. How are you? Nice to meet you and you are? Katie Muir. Katie, are you from here? Uh, Laramie, well, actually, I'm from California, but I teach here now. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And uh, would you do the honors, please, the four disclaimers? Of course, it would be my pleasure. The four disclaimers. All questions used on what do you know have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. <laughs> Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. <laughs> He's got a syncopated gator, and you ought to hear the meter to the roar of his repeater. When you say that, it gives me chills. I know. Woo! Persons employed by the Internet House of Radio or its member stations are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. All opinions expressed on what do you know are well-reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of the International House of Radio, its member stations or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. Let's see the hands of those of you who would like to try them at the What Do You Know quiz, because that's how this works at this point. Uh, oh, this is hard. This is always so hard. You know, I. Everyone wants to play here. This is unusual. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. What about this young lady here? She stood up and she showed some enthusiasm, and that's usually a big mistake. But let's find out, shall we? How are you? I'm fine. Good, and you are? Michelle Visser. 
Michelle, are you from Laramie or? I live here now, yeah. You live here now, so you're from here. Okay, that makes sense no. to me. No, where are you from originally? Minnesota. That's okay. Uh, Michelle, give me one good reason why you should play this quiz. Because my little baby Ansel's at home listening to me right now, and he wants to hear his mom on the radio. He wants to hear his mom on the radio. That's touching. Come on, Michelle. We'll find our way. Should we go that way? Probably we should go this way, right? I'm new around here. I don't know how to get to the stage from the audience. Are you with me? Okay. You know, Michelle? Oh, good. Boy, everyone likes you, Michelle. This is a good choice. Michelle, you have a lot of friends. <laughs> how, do, how do you know all these people? They're great people, and I'm a great person, so we get together. Okay. <laughs> but where do you, is it from a work-related thing, or? Um, no. <laughs> you never saw them before in your life? No, no I know. <laughs> well, you um, make a good... I'm a teacher, so I know oh, okay. people that way. Right. So I know kids, and yeah. I know teachers. Where do you teach? Um, at the University of Wyoming Lab School. The Lab School. So that's a, like a school within the school? It's part of the university. Yeah. And we work together with uh, professors, professors from the College of Ed. And, and you yeah. experiment on the children. <laughs> we experiment is, on the, the parents, bring school. them in, and they yeah. sign a form that says, it's okay to experiment on my child. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Must get some interesting results as a result of it. <laughs> uh, all right, Michelle, someone out there is going to play along with you on this quiz. Since you are a teacher, you have an, an unnecessary advantage. But uh, that, that probably won't help you. <laughs> probably not. In this not. case, so Jim, is there a number that they can There is a number, and that number is th um, 307. 307. 766. 766. 4362. 4362. Easy way to remember An that. easy way to remember that is 307 Poo Doc. <laughs> Let's stick with the numbers on this one. 307 <laughs> 766. That's, that's Poo, as in P O H, you know. The cute little kid. Oh, okay. Good. We'll yeah. still stick with the numbers. Right. I think 307-766-4362. Okay. Here is the question you uh, have to answer. The University of Wyoming, undisputed, undisputedly the highest student body in the U.S. How high are they? This is in feet. Uh, and Jim, how many? Within how many feet do they got to be in there? Six. <laughs> you know, within 20, 30 feet, something like that. This is the altitude, actually, at this uh, university. It's the highest student body in the country, as you know. If you get within so many feet, we're not sure yet. Uh, you'll, the altitude we're at right now, as a matter of fact. That's right. Where the air is a bit thinner, and I'm starting to feel it, are you? Yes. <laughs> I don't feel a bit thinner, but it seems... We're going to the phones right now, and Gwyn is on the line from uh, Gillette, uh, Wyoming. Hi, Gwyn. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You better turn your radio down, because you'll get terribly confused. When you yes, hear me, I can hear that now. Hear me on both sides of you. It's almost too much of a good thing. <laughs> Gwyn, how high is the student body here? In feet. Oh, man, I should know that. Um, let's see. I'm going to say... What do you think, Mark? Consulting. <laughs> Who's Mark? He's my husband. Oh, okay. Hurry up. What, what do you say? 5,800. What? 5,800? Oh, you're low. They're higher than that. Oh, my word. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks trying, though, Gwen. Okay. Okay. And here's another Mark, actually, speaking of Mark, in Laramie. Hi, Mark. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm not as good as you. <laughs> but speaking of high, Mark, how high is... Did you go to the University of Wyoming? I did. You did? Okay. 
from there, actually. Fabulous. In what, uh, what uh, discipline? 7,280 feet. How many? 7,280. No, I'm sorry. It's 7,200. 7,200? Yeah. No way. <laughs> All right, Mark, we're going to give it to you because Jim said within 80 feet. And you were here and you know 7,200. It's Mark and Michelle. Mark, Michelle, Michelle, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hey, Michelle. Mark, what are you doing these days? I'm a chemist. You're a chemist? Yeah. Uh, Same chemist by day, mad chemist by night. Are you a bathtub chemist or are you working for some? Oh, uh, well, you know, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. You'd have to kill me, okay. And I've yeah. been killed in several in cities several already, yeah, so can't do that. So, Mark and Michelle, two of you work together, collaborate on this. And Jim, uh, what uh, Those categories are current events, people, <laughs> places. How many years? Like almost 20 years. Things you should have learned in school, yeah, okay. science, or odds and ends. Okay. Mark, you pick the first one. Uh, how about things I should have learned in school? Okay. What kind of phone you got there, Mark, anyway? I'm having a hard time understanding, Mark. Yeah. You, uh, We're going to have to work together, work together better than this, Mark. Back off your mouthpiece just a little bit there. Not better? No. Uh, no. <laughs> what did you want, school? I'm only like 10 feet from you at the back door. I can't be that bad. Okay, good. <laughs> the Mustang Queen of Natrona. Is it Natrona? Natrona. Natrona High School. Okay, in uh, Casper, Wyoming, who was a state champion flaming baton twirler and later married, an average <laughs> student, was who? Um, The baton twirler. Baton, she was the mentioned baton earlier, twirler. actually. To, yeah. She was a state champion flaming baton twirler. And one she time. married somebody, and we want to know who she married? No, we want to know who she was. Oh, who she was? Yes, she did marry someone who rather was an average student who rose to prominence. Don't we get multiple choices on well, this? Well, you should have learned this in school, especially <laughs> if you went to school in Wyoming. I would think you probably would know this, you know. Oh, would that be Dick's wife? Lynn? That's right, Lynn Cheney, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> She was state champion to time for her, and she was the uh, Mustang queen. And One right and no wrong. Okay, good. You're on the right track here. What's left there, Jim? Current events, people, places, science, or odds and ends. Michelle? Let's go with science. Science. Jill, okay. are you going to help me out? <laughs> Got a science teacher out there? Yep. Okay. According to James D. Rose, zoology professor at the university here, Wyoming, what is the full range of fish emotion? <laughs> he has studied... Uh, Fish emotion and emotion in men, similar. And concluded, what is the full range of fish emotion? What emotions do fish have? Well, uh, I don't know about fish, but I keep getting snagged out of, out of my, you know, element. You keep getting snagged? I do. <laughs> and released, I bet. <laughs> and Michelle... Uh, what about fish emotion? Here's kind of an important study. In, uh... Well, my brother-in-law thinks that plants have feelings, so fish must have equal feelings to plants. That's your brother-in-law, though. <laughs> and you know brother-in-laws. Um, so you think fish They have... must have fear. I mean, they have predators, so they must okay. have fear. So you think fish have fear? And uh, Mark, any feelings about that? I, 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 I go with Michelle. I think they have feelings. What chemicals exactly are you involved with, Mark? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. According to uh, James D. Rose, fish do not have emotion. Uh, they don't feel fear or pain, he says. It's, it's controversial, but because uh, they don't have the cerebral cortex to do that, so if you catch them, 
Uh, they don't, they don't, they don't mind being released. No, they like being caught and eaten, as a matter of fact. They, <laughs> that's why some actually will leap into the pan. One right, one wrong. Yeah, okay, don't worry about that. You're recovered from this. And uh, what's left there, Jack? Current events, people, places, or odds and ends. Okay, Mark. Uh, odds and ends. <laughs> Yo, what? Odds and ends. Odds and ends. Oh, odds and ends, okay. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a little trouble hearing it, too. The chug and chug water. Was it the sound a sucker made when he bought a mine claim? The sound a buffalo made when hitting the creek? Or the sound of the UP locomotives going up the grade? The chug and chug water. <laughs> Number three. Thanks, Mark. He says the locomotive. I guess waiting. I'll agree with Maybe. Mark on that one. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. no. I'm okay. sorry, no. Can, I, can you repeat the question, please? No, I'm afraid. <laughs> not at this point. No, I'm going to have to accept that answer. But it's actually the buffalo hitting the creek. Oh. Made this, the Indian said there was a chug sound. Uh... One right, two wrong. Two wrong. Okay, you can't get any wronger. Okay? <laughs> so you got to get these next to two right to win the quiz. We think you can do it. What's left there, Jim? Current events, people, or places? All right. Um, I'm going to try current events. Current events. All right. Uh, Wyoming, one of the battleground states? In football or? <laughs> We're talking oh, election 2004. <laughs> Is it a battleground no. state? No. 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 No, okay, yes. No way it's a battleground state. It's only a battleground among Republicans, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, otherwise, it's not up for grabs. Too right, too wrong. Okay, too right. This is the deciding question, then, isn't it, Jim? It is, and it comes down to people or places. People or places. And it comes down to Mark. Mark, a lot of pressure here. Mark? Stay with me, Mark. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. Choose a question. Choose a category. Um, what's left? People. people and places. Let's do people and places. <laughs> yes, that's correct. There are two categories. You can have one of those, Mark. <laughs> okay, Mark. People. Do a majority or a minority of Wyomans uh, feel that drinking quote, something sophisticated and elegant. They're drinking something sophisticated and elegant when they're drinking wine. True or false? Majority or minority? When drinking wine, do they feel they're drinking something sophisticated and elegant, according to a survey? Uh, what do you think, Michelle? Do you drink wine? I like wine. Yeah, um, do you feel sophisticated when you drink it? <laughs> <laughs> Can we catch you at a bad time, Mark? Or... <laughs> Or a good time. I'm afraid we caught you at a good time, isn't it? <laughs> I would have to ask what you've been partaking in lately and if you feel sophisticated. Well, let's not get it in. <laughs> uh, I'd say yes. What do you think? Majority? Um, I, I think I agree. Yes, 54% think it's sophisticated to drink wine. Congratulations. You've come from behind to win the quiz. And Jim, what have they won? Well, Mark, you've won the incredible Boca Burger Barbecue Bundle. You can enjoy a summer cookout with a grill, the apron, mitts, and the free Boca meatless burgers. So delicious and 50% less fat than ground beef hamburgers. Boca, the taste will change you. And add some extra zip to these Boca Burgers, a sampler box of spices from Chugwater Chili, the gourmet spice of Western life, located in Chugwater, Wyoming. And for you, Michelle, you'll own a piece of Wyoming's prehistoric past with a 60-million-year-old fossil fish quarried in southwestern Ooh. Wisconsin. 
from Carl and Shirley Ulrich's Fossil Gallery in Kemmerer, Wyoming, wow. and savor a bit of modern Wyoming with specialty and organic roasted coffees from the Cold Creek Coffee Company, located right here in Laramie. And both of you will enjoy the timeless tunes and the heartfelt lyrics of the CD, Her Country, the songs of Michael Feldman, as performed by John Seeger and the Skeletons. Congratulations Thanks to Michelle. both of you. Thanks for playing. Appreciate it. Mark, hang in there. Just a while longer, we'll get a, an address from you, okay? All right, nice talking to you. You're a credit to the University of Wyoming. Michael's CD, books, and games can be found at notmuch.com, which is engineered by Tamsin Media and hosted by Burby, putting the E in business. More information about web hosting from Burby is available online at berbee.com or call our hotline at 1-800-WHA-KNOW. Michael Feldman's What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International. Michael Feldman, producer, international. A little more. Don't overdo it. This is PRI, Public Radio nope. International. Good, good, that's good. No, nope. yeah, that's good. There. From the University of Wyoming Arts and Sciences Auditorium in Laramie, Wyoming, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tooley at the piano, Jeff Hammond on bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, University of Wyoming geologist Brent Breithoff, restaurateur Murray Self at the Trading Post, and our special musical guest, Maggie Simpson. Support for What Do You Know comes from PRI affiliate stations and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Now, the man fanning a twister, Michael Feldman. Thank you, Jim. Now our next guest, our musical guest, uh, Maggie Simpson, actually uh, stands to inherit Wyoming, I think. Uh, your grandfather was the governor and the yes. chief board of the trustees and uh, like, virtually every office in Wyoming except a Democratic chairman. <laughs> Would you welcome, please, Maggie Simpson.
Simpson. The granddaddy play at all? Say again? The granddaddy play? <laughs> Nana could. Yeah. Granddad was a baseball player. He was, really. Uh -huh. And your your father was what was which one? Which Simpson was your father? Pete. Pete. Mm -hmm. okay. Still is. Did, did, <laughs> so did he grow up in the governor's mansion? Is, is that how that mm -hmm. worked? Yeah. And did he play an instrument there too? Because I, I read that some of the kids entertained. Yeah, actually, uh, Uncle Al dressed up like yeah. Frankenstein, <laughs> <laughs> scared the neighbors, and my dad uh, traveled around in the Navy uh, serenading beautiful women in the different ports of different cities playing guitar. Ah, okay, all right. That's so. cool. That's very cool. That was a terrific song, by the way. That was great. And uh, is there, do you have like a CD out, uh, Maggie, or some way people could hear you, you know, or order it over the web or whatever? <laughs> yes, you can get a CD at maggiesimpson.org. Which, uh, if you go .com, you'll get in a whole other family. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, they get enough attention, I guess, they're in Springfield. But so right. you're, you're an organization, you're .org, and the CDs are on there, and they can listen to it, and uh, mm -hmm. maybe they'll hear this next one. This is under the heading of Hyper Happy Love Song. Hyper Happy. Hyper Happy. You ready? <laughs> Here we go. Hyper happy. 
So much summer setting sun in the eyes of the one you love A dip diving down the grapevines hanging on You go blazing overnight like comets Tales of rainbows, herds of angels Blazing overnight into the dawn Don't move it all, you don't pay no, no You just take it all in Sweet peach petal skin, you trip over your tongue when you stop to speak to someone till rosebud belly laughter ripples down. You go skipping, skinny dipping under daylight, dimpled on the lake in this home, you skim bright stones across the sun. Don't move it all, you don't paint no, no. When lemon shoots, you go way high. When lemon shoots, you go high. of billowed silver sailing on the sky you go weightless in the whiteness of the moon dance two drops into diamonds dangle from your knees climb up the trees in this wonder you're the wisdom of the fool he knows the time don't move it all you don't think no no my oh you just take it all Setting sun in the eyes of the one you love. Dip diving down the grapevines, hanging on. You go blazing overnight like comets, tails of rainbows, herds of angels, blazing overnight into the dawn. Before we leave it. We got a mandolin here. We
with me, and I'm really glad to have him. On my left over here is Mr. Brian Mullins playing the mandolin. Excellent. And over here on my right is Mr. Sean Kelly, who's from right here in Laramie, along with me. Thank you, Maggie. Maggie Simpson, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Check her out. She's a .org. More energy. A little more energy would be good. That was fantastic. Maggie Simpson. Now here's a gentleman who runs a, just as, right across the mall here. Uh, a little place called the Geology Museum. And uh, Wyoming is like a geologist, paleontologist paradise. This is where they all come to look for stuff. And he's got a lot of it already, so they can't find a lot of it. Would you welcome, please, Brent Breithop, ladies and gentlemen, from the Geology Museum. Here at the university, look what he's got. You brought a foot with you, somebody's very large foot. It's a very large, big foot. Yeah. It is. It's, an foot? it's an Allosaurus foot. Allosaurus. Allosaurus. And we have a very famous Allosaurus in our museum. Big Al. Big Al. I saw a Big Al. You did saw it. Yeah. You saw him? I thought he'd be bigger, though. Well, he didn't grow up. Yeah. He was and an adolescent? He was a young animal. Yeah. Died, died early. He was a teenager in dinosaur years. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that is. Yeah. Well, you add on the millions and millions, and he's older now. And, well, yeah. He's probably about uh, 150 million years plus the, the teenage years. Yeah. Where, where was he found? He was found up near Shell, Wyoming, uh -huh. small town, northern part of the state, between yeah. Grable and the mountains. Yeah. That's right. And this, this foot, where did that come from? Uh, this foot is from an Allosaurus, and... Can I touch it? You, you can touch it. Okay. It actually is a cast, so you can oh, hold it. Oh, it's a cast, it. so yeah, I well, can even drop it. it well, well, no, we... Okay. <laughs> that wasn't uh, the look idea. Look at the nails on this. That's amazing. It's like a bird foot, though, isn't it? They are related to the birds, aren't they? they? The closest living relative would be the birds, yeah. exactly. It looks and, like a big chicken foot. Um, something like that. Something, yeah. like, something like a big chicken. I've actually been uh, looking at emus lately. And so I, so I think the dinosaurs are sort of like big emus. Big emus. Big emus. Okay. Right. Well, I haven't seen an emu, but I've seen a chicken. Okay. Well, we work well, with what we got. Well, you know? I know. Just yeah. you know, just go up a little bit from a chicken, and you've got an emu, and then a little bit larger, you've got a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So if they were like chickens, though, did they have, or like birds? Did they have other like bird-like? I mean, were they real nervous like birds? The dinosaurs were they always twitching around like birds do? And well, you, you know, that's that's a good question. Yeah. And and you know. Someday, yeah. you know, maybe I'll be able to get in my time machine and go back and tell for certain. I, I don't know. So but, it was a stupid question. I'm no, sorry. no, it's a good, no, it's a good no, question. No, it's a good question. It's just difficult for me to answer. Something that, that I, big and bird-like would be very annoying to have around. Because <laughs> they were like, you know. So, something like that. It, they probably tasted like chicken, though. So yeah, <laughs> like, like a lot of chicken. Like, like a lot of, yeah, exactly. Like a lifetime supply of chicken. Exactly. And a lot of, like, uh, like uh, Big Al, was actually, was he was eaten, wasn't he? Or is that what happened to him? Uh, again, it's, it's hard to know exactly what happened to him, but, uh, but Big Al has about 20 different injured bones. So injuries yeah. that are all the way down to the bone. Yeah. Funny you should ask, I just happen to have what? visual aids. They told me to bring you visual aids yeah, for the It's the radio, radio naturally. I, you I know, do. it's of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the rib bones, at least the ah. cast of one of the rib bones, yeah. of Big Al. Yeah. And so, it's been eaten. It's been gnawed on. Well, well more importantly, it's got yeah. this big lump. Yeah. Okay, this big lump, big pear-shaped lump. Is that an injury? About three quarter. This is where it's a dislocated part of the bone, and the, ah. the animal is actually healing by growing additional bone around the brain. So he recovered before he was actually eaten again. E exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so it, he lived a very hard life. Yeah. So, in fact, uh, I mean, there was no Jurassic veterinarian at that point in time yeah. uh, in Jurassic Park. And so, in fact, 
so when it had the injury, it, it had to heal, heal thyself, as it were. And so the body grew this additional bone around this. I mean, if, uh, if you were to punch me real hard in the ribs, don't, don't do this. Do I make him? No, no, no. That's what happened to Houdini, you know, just a post like that. I'll put this here. No. <laughs> You're, You're a big guy. Yeah, I'm not going to punch you. If you, were to, if you were to punch me in the ribs and yeah. break my ribs, yeah. and, and I, didn't have, I didn't have them reset, they would heal just like this. It would this. heal like that. Yeah. And, and then eventually, this would be resorbed. So we know that this injury happened probably about, uh, oh, probably no less or no more than two years before the animal died. Now, we don't know exactly why it died, but yeah. it, had, it had these, uh, has about five different broken bones oh. on its ribs, as well as almost an arthritic condition along, oh. its, along its back. For an adolescent, he was a mess. Yeah, he was a mess, and, yeah. and, and has a very seriously infected uh, toe bone as well. It was a raging oh, infection on the, on the middle toe, and so it was limping about, probably had trouble breathing because of the broken ribs. Yeah. And this and is so, before malpractice. Yeah. And, and so ex ex exactly. No one to sue for all this. No one to sue for that or, or, to, or to make a, you know, a pin, you know, is container he, out of its head or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> is, you've been listening. Uh, the Allosaurus, was that the one, that, what was it known as formally? Was that the one that's known as, that's not related to the Brontosaurus, that's a different one entirely. The, the, the Allosaurus is, yeah. is known as Allosaurus. Allosaurus. What's uh, the one that used to be called as a Brontosaurus? The, 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 the really big one in our museum, yeah, yeah. which people walk in the museum expecting yeah. to see Big Al and yeah, see and a I big dinosaur. That was big and, and that's a natural assumption. Yeah. Yeah. But in fact, that's the biggest, a, biggest dinosaur in a yeah. museum is not Big Al. No. It's, it's Apatosaurus, formerly known as Brontosaurus. Uh -huh. And that's a dinosaur that was named twice. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, in the, in the dinosaur name game, you can only name them once. Yeah. Uh, but, but people sometimes, they... Why do they name them twice? Well, never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Back in the 1800s. And he's missing most of his ribs. Um, what happens yeah, to the yes. ribs? They found a lot of the parts, but the ribs are always gone. Well, there the were, ribs there, eaten there were, well probably Allosaurus was around at that point in time. Uh, okay. And so the ribs might have been carried off by a, a meat-eating dinosaur, or, yeah. or they may just decayed away, yeah. or carried downstream, or wherever. We, just, we don't Did know. Did a vegetarian dinosaur ever eat meat? I mean, just for a change of pace? Um, or was it physically impossible then for, to chew? A, uh, Probably not too often. Yeah. It's, it's and meat eaters, likewise, did they eat They could, they could eat plants? the bulk of burgers, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, did they, but, did uh, they mix their diet at all? Are they strictly one way, either meat eaters or plant eaters? Um, pretty much we have herbivores, you know, we have carnivores, and the omnivores, they're out there, but yeah. you know, they're, they're eluding us with regard to the fossil record. Yeah. So we'll, why, we'll find them someday. Why is Wyoming such a treasure trove of fossils? Was there, there was a lake here? Or well, there, I mean, there were lots of lakes and rivers. The animals lived here, and, and they died here. In fact, uh, in fact, there's dinosaurs found all throughout the Rocky Mountain West. Mm -hmm. In fact, dinosaurs like Tyrannosaurus rex and Triceratops, which is Wyoming's state dinosaur. Right. Uh, and, and then there's, uh, and we have things like uh, Allosaurus and Apatosaurus and a variety of others. There's about 50 different dinosaurs that lived here. Yeah, and a lot and, of camels, too. And, and, and at a different time, camels yeah. as, as well. Well, that was a different time. Camels uh, weren't living the, with the dinosaurs. The, the camels came in, the dinosaurs were gone, the, the camels could come around then. It, was, okay. it wasn't a good time to be a camel if, if the dinosaurs were here. So, no. So it pretty much avoided the place altogether. Okay. But, but pretty much the dinosaurs lived here and died here and preserved here. And because of the uplift of the mountains, the reason we're 7,200 feet, and uh, it's good that the callers knew how high we were. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, fact, uh, in, in fact, various rock units that contain these fossils are now close to the surface, which allow paleontologists from around the world to come here and collect on a regular basis and have since the late 1800s. Yeah. And a lot of those small horses that they find, was that 
later period too, with the, unlike with the, the camel period? Unlike or? the Valley of Guanji, uh, there weren't any of these small little horses running around and then the dinosaurs were there. Yeah. In fact, uh, horses and the camels pretty much came in after the dinosaurs went extinct. Yeah. Uh, from, mammal, that's a mammal period? From, yeah, anything furry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much uh, uh, the mammals. So for, you would be for, a mammal? I, I would be a mammal. Yeah, okay. that's a, <laughs> uh, last I checked. Yes. Yeah, okay, and, yeah. and, uh, and in fact, the largest mammal during the time of dinosaurs was probably about the size of a, of a big house cat. So, yeah. so after the dinosaurs went extinct, then there were opportunities for a lot of other animals to evolve into the various niches. Yeah. Were there species that just, or, or classes, or whatever you call them, like, what's a mammal? What, that's a class, or it's a species, or it's a... It's, it's a much higher category than that, yes. What, it's yeah. a phylum? Well, I don't know, what, what's it called? Tell me, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> it's a mammal? What, what's it called? The, the mammal's a class. A class, okay. okay. Were there cla entire classes that disappeared? Like, was there a class of mammals that we don't see anymore, period? Well, some people would say that the dinosaurs are actually a but class. But we know and, they're and, big and, chickens now. Yeah, and they are big chickens, and yeah. some people would, other people would say that they just evolved into, yeah. into, into chickens or, yeah. or other things. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, most classes have continued on up. There's how do you feel about that, by the way? Do you think how, they evolved into chickens? Uh, um, kind how of a disappointing how, how do I feel about it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happier with the idea of an extinction event, yeah. you know, some kind of extinction. You know, it's, yeah. it's nice that they, they went away, and, yeah. and we can study them. You know? But they were egg layers. As, as, true, and, and you know, because if they're just chickens, then you know, I would come on a, you know, a talk show, and we'd just talk about big chickens. And it, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be as impressive as talking about an extinct group of animals that lived here at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. So, okay, that's good. And then uh, <laughs> Triceratops is nice, and woolly mammoths, they were later as well. They're fairly recent, actually. The, the, you're correct. These are all, these are all uh, specimens we have in our museum, yeah. uh, but they didn't, all, all the animals didn't live at the same time. In fact, I we, know we, that. I, I know. I'm I know just, <laughs> I, think, I think you just asked me again whether they lived at a different time. I know. So, I, know. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to work with you here. <laughs> are, you a geologist? are you a geologist or a paleontologist? I'm a paleontologist. Pale paleontology is, is a, a subdiscipline of geology. Okay, so, so it's not as big a discipline as geology. It, it, it's, you're right. Okay. <laughs> then why is it called the Geology Museum? Shouldn't it be the Paleontology Museum? It, it could be called the Paleontology Museum, uh, but in fact, we, we lure them in with the thought of geology and then we wow okay. them with, with dinosaurs and, and other. But paleontologists generally don't work for oil companies, right? Um, that's, the, that's the main difference? Sometimes they need a job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and these things get discovered a long way. And uh, is it along the, the, the Green River that they found a lot of interesting things? Is that, uh, what, what's the excavation there? Well, there, there are... people are still finding stuff over there. There, right? there are fossils found in the western part of the state. In fact, yeah. I just came from Kemmerer yesterday, uh, and there's a national monument there called Fossil Butte National Monument. And uh, not, not so much just along the Green River, but in a rock unit. You know, all of our rocks have names, uh, so we can keep them straight. Uh, there's a rock unit known as the Green River Formation. And within the Green River Formation, we have uh, a, a series of lakes out there. Uh, and some of the best preserved fossils that we have uh, in the state of Wyoming, actually in uh, anywhere in the country, mm -hmm. and, and, Wyoming's, and Wyoming's state fossil, because mm -hmm. we have a state dinosaur and a state fossil. Our state fossil comes from that rock unit, and that's that's a fossil named Nydia. It's a little herring-like fish. Oh, I, I saw that. It lived about 50 million years ago. Yeah. yeah, it's a herring. It's a herring. Yeah. Now, I, I know for a fact that well, paleontologists who are actual diggers have their own little secret plots they go to that nobody else knows about. Where's how, yours? How do you know that? <laughs> 
Who's been talking to you? <laughs> this is like the ma magician's code. You're, you're not supposed to know. If you got a secret to you, don't you? No, I actually, penalty I, of death. I, I, there you go. Yeah. Actually, no, the, place, the places I go, the yeah. place I've been going to for the last six years is, uh, is a site in the northern part of Wyoming, uh, very near where Big Al the Allosaurus was found. Mm -hmm. It's a place where we have thousands and thousands of dinosaur tracks. And actually, it is a public wow. site. The and tracks it's, are there. It's, this is the Red Gulch Dinosaur Track Site. These are middle Jurassic dinosaur tracks, and they're from uh, small to medium-sized theropod dinosaurs meat-eating dinosaurs, mm -hmm. and uh, they're probably about uh, your size or my size. So they're, they're, sm they're, small. Small, they're small dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they're my size, they're small. Uh, your size, they're a little bigger. <laughs> correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like being correct. It's such a nice thing. You teach as well, right? You're not just uh, out there in the field and, uh, and running the museum. I, I, do, I do teaching uh, from time to time. My main responsibilities are the care and feeding of the dinosaurs. Yeah, haven't done, haven't done very well. Yeah, they're all still a lot of dead. A lot of paleontologists come out of the University of Wyoming. I bet they will. Uh, we have we have a great program here. We have we have some we have some in the crowd. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, do they work afterwards or is that it? They're just out a, in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just they work radio show audiences. They actually they actually do follow your show. Yeah. Yeah. One of them went to South Dakota to listen to your show a while it, back. Yeah. Is it a good profession to be in? I mean, in terms of action, you know, because oh, it's, it's graduate a, great, a lot of people. A lot of it's a great work, profession but, to be in. I mean, you, yeah. you you really have to want to do it. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to get a job because there's only so many museums and universities that that hire people. But yeah. uh, what's the what's the biggest controversy right now in your field? The biggest controversy. The raging controversy. The raging controversy. Is there a raging con? There must be uh, a raging. There's always a raging controversy. Um, well. We can, we can always go back to the extinction controversy. Oh, There's still the, a lot of discussion about what like, happened to the dinosaurs. There's still a lot of ideas. On, or, the, you know, or the hot, cold-blooded dinosaur yeah. idea. That's, you know, that's, they're still kicking that around, too. Uh, they are. Yeah. They are. And, and, and again, no one quite knows exactly whether they're hot-blooded, hot cold-blooded, or just lukewarm. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> still trying to figure that one out. Again, because these animals are extinct, and because we don't have anything like them today, other than chickens. I mean, close living analogs um, okay. that we can look at. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things we know about dinosaurs, but there's a tremendous amount more that we don't, which makes, which makes this, the field fun. I mean, yeah. there's so much that we have yet to learn about dinosaurs. New discoveries are being made all the time. I mean, Big Al was found in 1991. It's the most complete allosaurus ever found, yet the first bones of that particular dinosaur were found way back in 1869. Yeah. And, so, and, our, and our track site has thousands of tracks in an area that uh, for a long time, no one even thought that there were any tracks at all up there. So it, it's unique to have that, you know, those kinds of fossils still waiting out there for future generations of paleontologists to come and find. Yeah. Now this, this uh, house uh, that's made out of dinosaur bones? 5,796 dinosaur bones, that it's one? for sales. Right? Jim and I were thinking of going in on this, but it's, it's, it, it is. it's steep, it's, it's 300,000. And, and most of the bones carry a certain level of radioactivity. They do. So, yeah, they do. So there's a fairly high radon level inside. It, it's okay, but just yeah. bring your Tyvek suit. And, and you How much could you charge, you think, for something like that? For, for the, well, the cabin and the property behind there goes for, oh, I don't know many, how many hundreds of thousands they're asking for it, but yeah. uh, it would definitely be a curiosity. It would yeah. be, it was in the Guinness Book, or Ripley's, believe it or not, at yeah. one time. Is that the Como, in the Como Bluff? Area? Well, Como Bluff is just to, the, just to the north of that particular building. And that was the first area that they found when they... That was the first main area to, yeah. for, for dinosaur bones to be found in Wyoming, and it was right along the Union Pacific Railroad line. Yeah. They, they were digging the railroad, and they found these bones. They didn't know what they were. That must have been an, well, um, an amazing time. The, actually, it was one of the railroad workers who was skipping work that day, and, uh, and, and actually was walk, walking the hillside and came across some large bones. And, and 
I have visual. Yeah, but I have the worker here. Well, here, here no, here's, oh. why don't you grab that one? You, you, that's a bone. You can, you can pick that one up. I don't think I'll pick that. No, up. come that's, on. That's, that's, that's a, a, no, I got vertebrae problems on my own. Okay. Mine will look like that if I try to pick that up. Okay. Anyway, so he was, so he was out. He was out hunting and uh, came across some big bones. Uh, he was the station foreman at Como Station and brought them back to the railroad station, recognized that they were the big bones of some kind of prehistoric animal, and contacted one of the premier paleontologists at the time, Othniel Charles Marsh from Yale University. This is the same guy that named Brontosaurus and Apatosaurus uh, mm -hmm. on, on various years. And uh, Marsh sent crews out there, and then subsequently uh, lots and lots of fossils were found from the Como Bluff area and are in museums around the country. Yeah. Brent, what, what's the one thing on your wish list you would like to find that you haven't found yet, that you know exists? The Is one a, thing that I want to find... The, the most, if you were to go out and... I want to find a dinosaur dead in its tracks. I want to see the trackway, and I want to see the dinosaur at the end of the trackway. Right. Because, because a lot of times we either have the bones or we have the footprints. Yeah, but we don't. And you want it still heaving, I would imagine. Uh, well, well, yeah, <laughs> It'd be nice. And, yeah, and, and, you know, and, and able to like, make sorts of noises. And, and, so from that, know. you could conclude many things about its behavior. Well, well, sure, and it was, if it was a live dinosaur, we could take his body temperature. I don't mean alive. I mean, <laughs> found the tracks, found oh. the dinosaur. And... You set a wish list. No. <laughs> You're like a big kid, there's, there's aren't you? Lim really? limitations to my, to my wish. Brent's a big kid. So well, that's right. I ne never grew out of dinosaurs. <laughs> Is there anything wrong with that? No, and speaking of that, no, that's great, I think. Kids out there who are fascinated with dinosaurs, what, is there a good source for them, either uh, books that they should read or films they should see or a source on the web that, you know, that, that really you would find useful? These or, days on the Internet, yeah. uh, you can find so much information on dinosaurs that I direct a lot of kids there. Uh, there's a lot of good documentaries that are coming out uh, that you'll see on public broadcasting that, that deal with dinosaurs. And, and then there's... Uh, is it possible to go on a, on a dig? Yeah, there is. It there is, are possibilities, yeah. especially when you get when when one gets a little older. Not you, obviously, are old enough. I'm but um, but when the, when the young kids get older, they they, they can go on digs, and and uh, um, there's plenty of opportunities for those out in the Rocky Mountain West here. Yeah, that sounds great, Brent. I want to thank you for taking time sure. to speak with us. My pleasure. Thank you. He's enthusiastic. He's just a big kid about dinosaurs. Brent Brighthop, ladies and gentlemen, from, you're from Milwaukee, aren't you? Isn't you? From Milwaukee. What part of town are you from? Whitefish Bay? Whitefish Bay, you're a rich kid. Get away from me. Charlotte? <laughs> Charlotte. Brent Brighthop, ladies and gentlemen, from the Geology Museum here at the University of Wyoming. <laughs> were, you a were you in the dinosaurs when you were a kid? Um, do you have any interest at all? Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I was when I was a kid. You know, some kids just are crazy about them, but yeah. I think I liked them. But no, you weren't crazy about them. No. I don't think so. Okay. Fossils, anything like that? Yeah, fossils. Jeff, our bass player, uh, you're into dinosaurs and the fossils? Yes. yes. Fossil, do you still have your fossils? I do, yeah. My mother threw all my fossils out. Did she? Yeah. yeah. My Broke my heart. Your wife wants to throw your fossils. His see, wife, girls. <laughs> he does that one. Oops, said it again. Okay. A little tune for us, gentlemen. Yes. Okay. Clyde, you still with us? The What Do You Know Trio.
Thank.com. You. You're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. Where's the stairs? How are you? Nice to see you. That's the What Do You Know trio. They'll be back uh, later in the show. Uh, what is it? What do you want? What? 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 Well, I want to play the quiz. Well, we're not playing the quiz now. Do you see any quiz going on now? <laughs> we might have changed formats entirely. You have no idea. Uh, Gail Leedy uh, is a professor of social work. Is that right? Here at the university? Now, I heard social work was the easy class to take here at the university. Is that true? It is? <laughs> Even the professor says so. That's the reputation. I read something that said, take social work, and it's... Uh, it, it gut course, right? Every time. Yeah. Easy three credits? At least. <laughs> You take as many credits as you want, huh? Sure. Three to five to six. We don't care. Fabulous. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. And uh, um, are you off this summer? No, I'm not. No? We're teaching or? Yes, teaching. I have to go to Australia and teach a course. You do? <laughs> oh, that's a shame. What are you teaching them down there? Public health. Public health. Okay, that's good. That's part of social work, I guess, isn't it? It sure is. Okay. I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah. Now, Gail, uh, your question here has got me uh, wondering about you and about the, the answer to the question, but uh, what, what is the, uh, uh, say that. Uh, can you tell the difference between a male and a female bighorn sheep? No, I'm just guessing, but I think it's uh, the size of their rack. <laughs> or the shape. That too, I would guess that too. Is that right? I don't know. Oh, I thought. See, in social work, they don't have to know anything. They just teach the class, and it's all subjective. Is that true? That's true. I think it is. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Well, who knows for sure here? Now, since we brought this up, I hate to... Sir, do you know from bighorn racks? Pardon? Bighorn sheep. Sexing them. Quickly, so they don't come at you. The males have big ones. The males have big ones. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Gail, for raising this topic. I really appreciate that. Then we got uh, Kyle Helstead. He learns stuff for a living. Where is Kyle? Are you here, Kyle? Oh, Kyle, you up there? Come down sometime. We'll talk. Can't see me underneath him now, so you actually got a worse view. Okay. Then we got, okay, how about this? Uh, Kate uh, Missit from Gillette. Come on, come on down here, Kate. Did I pronounce that right? It says, like, miss it. That's how I knew. What do you do in life as we know it, Kate? Well, um, Gail will be surprised. I work for the Department of Family Services. Family Services. Okay. Yes. That's related, isn't it? Very much so. Okay. And, uh... What is, your, what is this question here? Well, my question is, why do people in Northeast Wyoming say that uh, when D9s are outlawed, only outlaws can have D9s? What is a D9? I have no idea. It's a big piece of uh, Caterpillar equipment for uh, construction work. And, and, uh, and several years ago, a man in Gillette went berserk and hijacked a D9. Oh was chased by the sheriff, shot at. It's really hard to shoot out those big tires. Oh, you know, yeah. they're huge. 
and he finally fell into um, uh, excavation for a, a building, and that's how they caught him. Oh. Uh, but, Thank you for but sharing that. I thought you'd like to know. That's, so that's a D9. Yes, they're really big. We saw three of them today on our way here. Oh, yeah. They're like dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> that's why the guy up in, uh, in Granby, where he was, went for armor plating on his bulldozers. Yeah. Probably a better approach to the whole thing. If you're going to go berserk, at least plan for it. I... That's right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank that you. really is. Yes, thank you. Nice to meet you. Hi. Oh, there you are. Hi. Hi. What were you doing up there? Uh, just sitting up there in the balcony. Okay. This is Kyle uh, Helstead, uh, Boulder, Colorado. Yep. I learned stuff. Yep, because I'm a student. Okay. So what did you do to your arm there? I broke my collarbone biking. You did? How come the thing's on your arm? Well, because it's a sling. <laughs> you think I'm pretty stupid, don't you? But I, They couldn't put your collarbone in a sling, I suppose. Yeah. But your arm is perfectly fine. Uh-huh. Well, that's nice for you, then. Does this help your shoulder to have your arm in a sling? Yeah. Okay. Fine. I understand now. I just had to explain. And uh, what is your question, Kyle? Uh, my question was, how much stuff do I need to learn to be a uh, radio host like you? Yeah. I think you probably know too much right now, Kyle. <laughs> you're going to have to back off some of that material that you're storing there. Because you're, how old are you? I'm 13. 13. You, you, know, you probably peaked at 12. Yeah. At age 12, you've probably known everything you will ever know in life. And then you just start little, year by year, losing some of that. See, you lose a few percent a year at first, and it gets, then it gets significant. So I would say, I would rush into radio right now. All right. Okay. I'll get started. Okay, get volunteer or something. I'd shake your hand, but I don't hear it. Does that one work all right? Kyle, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Boulder, Colorado. We're going to be in Boulder one of these days. We're going to play the What Do You Know quiz, because we didn't. Uh, so far this hour, and uh, I think we will now then, because that seems fair. And what? What are you talking about? Are you trying to help? You're not helping. You know, this is the most, I've never seen a crowd that wanted to play the quiz more. It, it's very impressive. But you know, in fairness, we had a, uh, we should have a gentleman this time because we had, there's a Jewish broad, she claims, but I don't understand. How about this young gentleman here? Just in fairness now, because we had a, a woman uh, the first time. And uh, in fairness, we should have a gentleman. Mike. Mike, where are you from? Um, Laramie. From Laramie? Did you go to school here in Wyoming? No. Where'd you go? Um, Fort Collins. Fort Collins. <laughs> Mike, give me good, one good reason why I should play this quick. Because I rose my hand? I don't know. Okay, that's good enough reason. Come on down, Mike. Let's get down there before they really start to come at us. I think Fort Collins is not the right answer. Do they have a college there in Fort Collins? Yeah, but no one likes it here. Yeah. What do they call it? CSU. Oh, that one. You guys lost last time out, didn't you? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, but they want to. I'm trying to pander to them, actually. There's more of them than you.
Are you uh, an athlete yourself? Are you playing any teams there? Uh, no, I'm oh. going to the Army. You're going to the Army now? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, did you graduate this year? Or? No. No. When do you graduate? Uh, I haven't started yet. Oh! Are you still in high school or you just graduated high school? Or what? No, I've just been working. Oh, you've been working? Mm -hmm. Okay. You're a big guy, I don't know. Hard to tell nowadays, really. These kids are a lot bigger than they used to be. Through evolution or something. And uh, what have you been working at, Mike? Um, Spiegelberg's construction. Okay. Doing Prexy's pasture. Oh, you're doing the pasture there. <laughs> That's a very popular thing, too. You hit two of them right there. Because they used to park there. Is that the idea? Now they're digging it up and they can't park anymore. Yeah, I'm going to have to run out of here. Yeah, don't worry about it. You guys about done? You got a lot more to do, I think, huh? Quite a bit more to do. Yeah, okay. Is it true that they're going to be drilling for uh, natural gas there as well? I don't know. Yeah. I guess they used to graze cattle there, didn't they? The president used to graze his cattle out there years ago, but I don't know if that'll come back now, too. That's a possibility. And you're going in the Army. Uh, what, what are you going to do in the Army? Any idea yet? No clue. No clue. Pay for my education. Okay. And then uh, go, go back to school and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a particular discipline that you're looking at? Mm, Field you want to get into? I have no clue. Do you have a D9? No. be kind of cool to have one now that I've heard yeah, about it. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Mike, you know how this works? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> how did you end up here, Mike? Someone drag you here, or what, what is it? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I've heard you a few times, but yeah. it's my dad's favorite show. Oh, your dad's favorite show. Okay, this goes out to your dad then, right? This yeah. For dear old dad sitting there in the audience. Uh, Mike, some of their calls uh, into the show to uh, play along with you, right, Jim? What's that That's number? That's right, and that number is 307-766-4362. Don't worry, it's a really simple quiz. You can har hardly ever lose it. Okay. Okay. It's a lot like if you go to CSU, basically. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Green River, Wyoming, is the Trona capital of the world. Uh, the question is, what the heck is Trona? You know, give us a call here. What's the number again, Jim? It's 307-766-4362. The Trona capital, but no one seems to know what a Trona is or a Trona are, if it's plural or singular, anything about it, really, to find out. Let's go to the phones right now. Susan. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You're in Cody, I see. I am. Do you know what Trona is? Cat litter. <laughs> is it? It might be, I don't think, anything more you can say about it, or its origin, or what it might be? Well, it's like a mineral or something that they make cat litter out of. You mean they excavate cat litter in Green River? I think so. Yeah. Uh, can we accept that? Jim? We can it, accept that. It, it Trona appears. makes cat litter. No, no. There must be a larger answer here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, come on. They're already mad at me for a couple of things, Susan. I can't really cross them. Would you? Pardon me? Oh, it's bentonite. Okay. Oh, bentonite is cat litter. Yeah, sorry, Susan. Then you're wrong. Oh, come on. Sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. Let's face it. Thank you. Trona. We're looking for Trona, not bentonite. Uh, in Laramie, hi, Becca. Hi. Um, hydrated sodium bicarbonate carbonate. I guess so. I have no. Is that what it is? Uh, yes. It, uh, it refine it into soda ash. Does it mean that thing? Uh, it sounds like a couple of carbonates in there. Yes, that's right, Becca. That is exactly <laughs> what it is. Are you in that field, Becca? How did you know that? Um, actually, I'm. I'm uh, looking it up on the internet. <laughs> oh, Becca. 
sorry. I mean, I'm learning something here. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a good thing. Becca, what do you do in life? Uh, I work at the University of Wyoming. For uh, whom or doing what? I work for the Wyoming Natural Diversity Database. Oh, Natural Diversity Database. Yeah. Have you got all 400 of us in there? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. We deal only with uh, plants and animals. Oh, I thought you meant people diversity. I'm, and uh, communities. Okay, excellent. Uh, Becca, this is Mike. Hi, Mike. How's it going? All right, how are you doing? His father dragged him here, so he's, uh, he's, but he's, he's ready for this, I think. Uh, as a, you guys work together now. That's how this works, Mike. You're a team. All right. Okay, so you consult her and all this stuff, and she talks to you, and that's how it's going to be. And Jim, what that's are those right. categories? Those categories are current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. Okay, Becca, pick one. Uh, let's go science. Straight to science. All right, 40,000 parasitic wasps and maybe 11 billion microscopic nematodes descend on Cheyenne. Uh, for what purpose? Talk it over now, Mike. Maybe Becca knows. 40... Mike, it sounds like the audience knows something about this. Maybe you could get them to help us out. Please don't shout out Frontier Day. <laughs> um, I have no clue. Are they giving you anything? They're giving you a big clue here. But they made me wear earmuffs so I can't hear. Those aren't earmuffs. Those are, those are headphones. <laughs> oh, that's why I can hear through them. <laughs> okay. That's why you can't hear the audience. But... Uh, 40,000 parasitic, you could use them for earmuffs, I suppose. Parasitic wasps, 11 billion microscopic nematodes released on Cheyenne. For what purpose? Any idea, Becca? Uh, ah. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's Frontier Days. For Frontier Days, they, they, they attack the flies and then and they attack the fly eggs in the ground. and they, That's the idea anyway. No right, one wrong. Okay. All right. You don't have to wear those if you don't want, by the way. Current events, people, places, school, or odds and ends. All right, pick one of those, Mike. Um, odds and ends. Odds and ends, all right. Uh, what's a mile wide, an inch deep, and runs uphill all the way? A river. <laughs> okay, now we just need a first name for it. A river, a mile wide, an inch deep, and runs uphill all the way. Platt. Well, I'll give you a multiple choice on this. How's that? Is it the, the Powder River? The Powder. The North Platte or Dick Cheney's Intellect? Powder River. What did you say? Powder River. Powder River, he says. Becca? Um, what, was the, what were the other choices? Dick Cheney's Intellect and the North Platte. Um, I guess I would have to go with Dick Cheney's Intellect. <laughs> Don't follow your heart on this one now. You think okay, it's a, okay, okay, okay. I'll go with uh, Mike. Powder River is right, yes. Supposedly. That's what they say anyway. One right and one wrong. Okay. What's left there, Jim? Current events, people, places, or school. Becca? Um, people. People. Okay. After age 40, two out of three, two-thirds, three-fourths, or two out of five divorces are at the behest of the female. Wait, can you repeat the yes. choices? Yes. After age 40, two-thirds, three-fourths, or two-fifths of all divorces are at the behest of the female. In other words, the woman wants to get divorced after age 40 by uh, two out of three, three out of four, or two out of five. Hmm. According I think it would probably be kind of high. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, Mike? thinking two-thirds or three-quarters. Mike, you know about the divorces over 40? Um, 
Not a lot, but I'll go with her. Um, she didn't say anything yet. Three quarters. Saying three quarters or two thirds is also pretty high. Two thirds. I'm thinking it's two thirds. Okay, yeah, that's fine with me. Two thirds is right. Yes, that's right. According to the AARP, and I guess they know about that kind of thing. Two right and one wrong. That means I'm in that boat right now. So and you and I both, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. What's left there, Jim? Current events, places, school. Mike. Places. Places, okay, could be anywhere. Yes, it is. If it's fat cracks you're after, <laughs> where is a good place to look? Vivo. What? Vivo. That's right, Vivo, an excellent place to look for fat cracks for climbing. Crack climbing, that's the place to go. Unbelievable, they pulled it off, Jim. They have indeed. And Becca, you'll be able to accessorize your Western Plains fashion ensemble with a purse made from a real Wyoming license plate. It's from Laramie's Lonesome Dove on 2nd Street. Then explore over 7,000 paintings and artifacts with a one-year membership to the University of Wyoming Art Museum and frame your esteemed Western art in a horseshoe picture frame from Mills, Wyoming's rocking JP designs reflecting the cowboy lifestyle with a cowgirl's point of view. Mike, you've won the mounted head of that rarest of fabled Wyoming wildlife, a genuine jackalope, right. along with other nifty jackalope paraphernalia from Casper, Wyoming's Jackalope Junction, and to better appreciate the wonders of this beast, a growler of wheat beer for your dad, along with a t-shirt from the Altitude Chop House Brewery here in Laramie. And each of you can pass the time on the high plains with a home version of What Do You Know, the party game, featuring the swashbuckling host, two clever contestants, ribald and boisterous audience members, and the official Michael Feldman bobblehead from Out of the Box Publishing. Congratulations to both of you. All right, Mike, good job. Here for Mike. Hang on, Becca. We'll make sure you get an address for you. Thanks for playing. Okay. If you'd like to attend a show in Madison, the next show dates are July 24th and 31st and August 7th. Call the box office at 608-262-2201. Summer hours, Monday through Friday from 11.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Central Time. He claims he's 21, so the growler is for him. The growler is for I, him. Then. I didn't card him. I think probably we should card him okay. before, before we award that one. Uh, Murray Self is uh, from Centennial, Wyoming. He runs a place called The Trading Post. You all know about it. Would you welcome, please, Murray Self, all the way from Centennial. Probably the only surfer in Centennial, as a matter of fact. Are there a lot of surfers in Centennial, or am I wrong about that? Yeah, it's a dying breed. Yeah. Some favor the uh, extinction theory. I don't know. Yeah. Where do, where, do, where do folks surf around Centennial? In the snow. <laughs> Strictly snow, but you are you're you're a full-fledged uh, uh, water surfing guy, a uh, Hawaiian type uh, surfing, big big curl type guy. I made the drop. You made the drop. Okay. How is it a big transition from Wyoming to sir? I mean, how did you get interested in surfing in the first place? Uh, I just went over there. Yeah. One-way ticket, five bucks. Five bucks to Hawaii. I'd got a one-way ticket and I had five dollars in my pocket. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about your travel agent. That's, that's a good deal. Actually, in those days, it only cost 100 <laughs> 100 bucks. Okay, yeah. And then you came back here. That's a family business, the Trading Post? Um, no. No. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, my family had a business. Yeah. But uh, it's not the Trading Post. It's not the Trading Post. <laughs> okay. okay, I guess I'll leave it there. How did you get involved with the Trading Post then? You, uh, I owned a, another restaurant. And I uh, was trying to get the liquor license from the Trading Post because it was uh, in bankruptcy. Oh. And so 
the county commissioners wouldn't give me the liquor license, so I made a deal with the bankruptcy court and found a partner and bought the place. Yeah. Is that a saloon as well? Uh, yeah, it's a saloon and restaurant. Restaurant and, and dinner theater. And dinner theater. What's, what's currently showing there? At the uh, we're going to do, we've just finished up uh, Fools by Neil Simon, Fine. and then we're going to redo it uh, the end of this month and the first weekend of uh, August. Yeah. Is it a successful operation? Oh, very successful. Yeah. We've got a great director. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're, you're making sense. money hand over fist there in Centennial. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're pretty flush, basically. Um, what are you going to do with all that cash that you're pulling in there? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> does, does the, it's, it's the restaurant business isn't a good place to be right now. <laughs> no. Does your family hail from Centennial? Or yeah, you, 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 my parents owned a restaurant mm -hmm. in Centennial, and that's where we were. They, they started in 1946. Okay, yeah. And the, before that, your dad was from Bory, which is outside of Cheyenne. Oh, outside of Cheyenne. Okay, so yeah. not too far away. And Centennial is not, there's not 100 people as purported. It's more like what? 63, 64. 63, 64. A big, a big town around here in some respects. Yeah, it's... Bigger than our town of three that we've heard yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Highland. I've been to Highland. Yeah. yeah. There's a bar there. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Bright spot. Any, any churches? Just the bar, huh? Uh, as far as I know. Yeah. I wasn't looking for churches. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, now I heard that you possibly may be going back to uh, Hawaii. Is that and truth Yeah, I'm going to want to spend my winters there because uh, I never did surf the big curl. I just made yeah. the drop, so I want to go back and try it. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me what that means exactly. I just threw in the curl thing because I... Well, I didn't know what it means either. That's oh, what okay. I'll go back to find out. Okay. <laughs> it's better to, to do the curl than just surf the drop. Uh, yeah. Make the drop. Make the drop. That means yeah. you can stand up and you go whoosh. Yeah. But then you got to cut back into the wave to keep surfing. Yeah. And me and my two buddies from Oklahoma, which was another, quite a surfing group. Another big surfing group. <laughs> yeah. State. Wyoming and two Oklahomans out there surfing. Yeah. yeah. Locals got a kick out of us. Yeah. We got one surfer in Sheboygan, a guy who's out there, goes in Lake Michigan. <laughs> he goes in the winter too, dodging the ice flows and stuff. So that, that, that takes some perseverance. Yeah. <laughs> Got to up and do that sometime. Trading Post, do you have specialties out there? You serve people? People come from all over, I guess. Yeah, we serve. I brought this yeah. for you, Mike. What'd you bring me? This is a steak that we serve. <laughs> this is a steak? This is like one serving? No, it's actually for four. That's a steak for four? Yeah. How, how big is this steak? I mean, it's about, about four pounds. Four pounds. Angus? Mm, I don't know. I, uh, you'd have to ask Roger. That's the guy I get the yeah. meat from. <laughs> it's a nice looking piece of steak. It is, it's a. Uh, Probably the best steak around. Yeah. yeah. By the time we get home, this will be ready to cook, too. Yep. Or possibly we'll have cooked down the, on the front. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Put, put it close to the engine, it'll be cooked. Yeah. And you used to have uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. You don't anymore? Are they out of season or what? Um, they are out of season. Yeah. My, my parents served them in season, but they were just during branding season. Oh, yeah. But the, that, when, they, when they neutered the calves, they cut them off and... Brought them up to mom, and she battered him her special batter yeah. and deep-fried him. And I've had them in Oklahoma. They call them fries out there. Yeah, well, now, they, now they're called bull fries because they're yeah. off of a dead bull, and they just slice them thin and bread them. Oh, but yeah. the, the really good ones are the ones off the baby calves. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. nice tender. I prefer that, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They just... They were in a jar, and they looked like they were in formaldehyde, the ones I had. And, oh. And I, I, I just, I'm a sport, so I tried it, but, you know, it's not really my cup of tea. 
until they find a way of making them kosher, I guess. <laughs> well, Trading Post, place to, place to be, I guess. Very popular place and, uh, in the area. So come to Centennial. And what else is it? Well, Centennial is right at the foot of the mountains. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. Good, and a good... Then there's no people there, so it's a nice place to live. Yes. <laughs> a place, a town you can live in with no people is really a, an attractive thing that you could probably find only in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here. Very nice to meet you. Murray Self, the surfer from Centennial, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Michael Murray. Feldman's What Do You Know Don't is produced your by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International. Michael Feldman, producer International. Todd Witter, producer. Assistants Lyle Anderson, Judith Heisey, Kabbalah, Diana Cook, Kelly Osborne, Casey Schmidt, Stephen Cologne, Rick Kirkpatrick, Tom Blaine. Next week, an encore performance. Bye-bye, Mike. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having us here in Wyoming. Great to be here joining you. I hope we can come back. You know the What Do You Know trio. John Tooling, Jeff Ammon on the bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, Jim Packard on voice. Thank you all. Thanks, Laramie. Anybody want to split a steak? Public Radio International.